Dear Esther, Today I went to a live performance of my own video game. <laughs> That's it. That's the whole thing. Welcome to Time Played 3HR, a special edition. A b- 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 bonus. A bonus. That's what From they call From addition that. to your normal one a week, you get this hot stuff. Hot stuff? Yeah. Yeah. Well, we, uh, you take it away. What did we do well, just I, now? So I invited you to my um, hometown, mm-hmm. or I suppose the town in which I live. Is it a hometown? I, Is that where you're born? It doesn't matter. Um, and uh, to see a live performance of Dear Esther, the video game by the Chinese Room. Is that what they're called? That's the name of the developer. I wonder what's the um, story behind that. I'm sure there is one. Well, I'd hope so. Um, I think actually I read about what that was about, but I can't remember. Um, um, And they are a a small studio um, based in Brighton, in fact. um, And they have been touring their game that is now... God, it's probably pretty old at this point. It must be. It it made a big impact when it first came out. So Dear Esther was like a huge game for like the indie scene um it started a huge other craze of video games which is uh walking quote-unquote walking simulators sure and the sort of breadth of it inspired a lot of people to make a lot of really cool stuff i think i'm I'm sure it did and i think it was the sort of first video game that was branded as as a video game that was an interactive experience Mm -hmm. uh where nothing really happened and it purely relies on uh narrative and surroundings so um rather than any form of mechanics one of the notable notable features of this game and the other chinese room games is the music's pretty darn good by jessica curry um who's the co-owner of the studio um <clears throat> so the, yeah the music is so it was like a very small string quartet um i guess is what you'd call that it was two violins a viola and a cello i think um and then a vocalist a pianist and uh, the narrator, which I was really pleased about. So we were talking about, um, we were hoping we had some, we had a couple of hopes, a couple of praise, yeah, for this performance. And and it was it was branded as a. Well, let me. I get the tickets here. I think it says live music, live game. Dear Esther, live. Okay. <laughs> uh, so, so you don't get much, and so we we knew that there'd be like a live orchestra. Yeah. Orchestra being a small, band. a small group, group <laughs> of people on some strings. Yeah, and but we were happy to see that there was in fact someone playing the game live at the front of the stage. Yes, uh, and a live narrator. Yes, yeah, so um, I can explain what Dear Esther is pretty quickly from a mechanical standpoint. You are on an island. Um, I think just off the coast of the UK somewhere. I imagine. Oh, I mean, I, I think I don't. I don't think it's anywhere. But I, if you, I, I think she, well, she mentioned there's a live Q and A afterwards, uh, and she mentioned it had hints of Scotland. Okay. I assume she's Scottish because she said she talked about home, um, uh, something like that. 
Um, so yeah, it takes place on like an island with like sort of traditional like um, uh, countryside that you'd see in these isles. <laughs> I, mean, I don't know how many isles there are. It's, um, like, it's like a hilly, a hilly rocky. It's like zone. A, a hilly rocky. It does look quite Scottish. Yes. Yeah, so it's pebble beaches. We're talking pebble beaches. We're talking moss. Uh, what do they call the wildflowers? Mm-hmm. It's very pretty. Very pretty. It's a game. pretty game. Um, and you walk around, music plays, and every once in a while, a man starts reading out letters that he's written to um, someone called Esther. Uh, and did you take them as letters? Yes. Oh, really? He I... starts. He starts um, them as he says, "Dear Esther." Sure. The name of the game. Often. Yeah. Um, which I assume is each one he time he says that it's a new letter. He also references letters multiple times, and we see uh, a bunch of letters on the beach. I'm gonna. We fly over letters that he's now discarded. There's twenty. They letters. were were they letters though? I thought they were just pieces of paper. I think he said letters that he's now folded into boats. I mean, it's hinted. I mean, play it if you want. Yeah, um, it's an hour long. It's an hour long. You've probably played it, mm-hmm. and um, you know it sort of hints that she is either dead. Hundred <laughs> percent. Well, well, yeah, I mean, he never says you're dead, but it's pretty blatant. She's dead. Mm. So who are the letters to? Mm. I, th- I think they're just maybe his sort of writings to her, just as term more of like a series of thoughts than she like may not an be, intentional thinking about it. Because actually, what's it? You mentioned that actually thinking about it now, that she's actually quite an absence, and like he mentions her by name all the time. But he actually talks more about Paul, or whatever name and it him, was, There's and himself. A few names that float around. Um, he talks about himself a lot. He's very clearly like um, he's lost it, and he's just very self-involved at this point in his life, very depressed. And so he's talking mostly about himself and like Paul. And he actually doesn't reference Esther only only by name, and only a couple times will hint at like what happened to her. Assuming it's to her, because you could make Esther a man. Um. um yeah, so anyway, that's the, that's the basic idea of the game. And they did a live performance, so I wanted to see that, and I invited you to so see it, and lucky. Here's the thing. Here's how I took... How, here's how oh, I interpreted this video game. Okay. Story. I mean, I don't know if this is... You know, it's mm-hmm. part of the experience, part of the game. Um, it's very interpretive. The way I interpret it is... Because they sort of... And it's very much up to interpretation, because one thing I actually did find almost the most interesting in the whole thing... Uh, was in the Q&A when the guy was saying... Do you know his name? No, sorry. Um, he was saying... He's the other... He's the uh, creative director and I think the other owner of the company. Sure. Husband and wife duo. Yes. Very cool. And he was saying that there actually ran like 40 pe- four pieces of audio for each point in the game uh, and which one you get random. So it leaves like the story very much up to interpretation. Uh, even though it was selected, obviously, this time, because yeah. they didn't have the narrator picking a piece of paper out of the hat. Yeah, the game wasn't randomly selecting it because the, it's a human being talking, so... Yeah. He just reads the script. Um, and he talked a lot about, like, he was running out of painkillers and was taking it. So I thought it was all just in his head. Mm-hmm. Sort of, like, maybe he just overdosed on painkillers right. and was just in this sort of half-awake, half-going-away. Mm-hmm sort of place and was just sort of going through everything in his head all distorted because there's a lot of like back and forth about um things that link up between he references characters that 
are suggested to be sort of ancient times and sort of links him to the characters of uh, in his current life that are sort of linked to this event that caused all of his trouble. Yeah. Which was a car crash. Yeah. Which is pretty, um, pretty, that's like the clearest part <laughs> of the story is like, that was a car crash. Yeah. Someone was drunk. You actually see a car. You see two cars. There's one part, which you know what did get me a little bit? Mm. Um, they say the car looked like it had been dropped from a very tall height or something along those lines. Mm. And then they show you the model of the car. Mm. And it's just a model of a car with like the doors missing. Yeah. I wanted to see some like proper crushed cars. You want to see like a smushed boy. I want to see a smoshed frame. That's what was missing. This game was missing. Uh, yeah. And I mean like <laughs> I'm, I'm fine with it because obviously it's sort of in no way hinting at reality and just sort of mm-hmm. suggesting a crash but um so uh so we had both played Derasta a long time a ago a long time ago um so it was nice to revisit it in a different way i thought um i was glad i got to like play it again but obviously not play it again uh i found it more boring than the first time i had played it and uh, and of course i mean it's like a narrative based game where there's sort of zero there's zero going on there's zero going on and and that's you know the whole argument that and the whole talk about this game was oh you don't do anything you walk through you're forced to walk through at a pace that is walking speed which is kind of fine a, yeah which it's fine it's, the discussion itself is not particularly interesting of no. like is is it a game because you don't do anything? That's a very tired discussion. Yeah, I think for sure. I think maybe what's slightly what I find slightly more interesting as a discussion is shit. What do I find more interesting? Um, what I find more, I mean, no, go for it. What I, I find more interesting is like, sure, you have to walk, and you could argue that it's a boring game, but um, I think you like you can just accept that that's a game and that's what it is, but you don't have to accept that it's enjoyable. Sure. That's you know, a great way of putting it. And like it's it's you know just asking what games should be and should they all be fun, uh, which you know I think the big, I don't I don't think so, I, but it doesn't yeah. mean I should enjoy it. I think the thing that makes it easier for me to understand is if you just remove remove the word game from it, you know, you just take that out. Yeah. And then it's fine, you know. And then it's and then like oh this is a this is a creative thing someone made, you know. Then that's all that is instead of it being like. A game has a lot of baggage tied to it. But I think the other thing I was thinking when I was watching this thing, there's a lot of dead, a lot of dead time when there's you're watching lot. this. So my brain was, like, was going all over the place thinking about this game. And the thing that like, was really striking me was just how like friggin' crazy and weird video games are as like a whole thing. Right. Like, you look at Dear Esther, and there's plenty of games like Dear Esther and games around Dear Esther. Um, not just necessarily mechanically, but like theme or whatever, whatever. Um, and they're like, they're like, re- they're like really weird things. They're like very games have this weird thing where they manage to make they manage to make art very mainstream. So like sure. to me, Dear Esther is something where I can totally see that mm. as as part of an exhibition. In, oh, in, absolutely. You know what I mean? Like, as part I, of, I like, remember a, I went to... Um, and there's plenty of games like that, you know, where it's just like, uh, this could just literally be like one of... It's just being projected on a wall and you just watch it for 20 minutes and then you walk out when you get bored. Yeah. Um, 100%, there's so many games that are like that. 
And it's really, really, really crazy to me in a lot of ways that video games have so much baggage and they have so much of like, there's so much struggle as to like trying to be defined by everything. But also people, like millions of people are playing these games, are buying, spending 20 pounds on something that like, like this. Yeah. And it's, and it's still considered to be like, it's still like just, it's still like just a video game or something where like, it's really like, it's really weird. And I think if you like sold that as something other than a video game, people would not be interested in it. They would be like, oh, that's like some really corny. No, not at all. Dramatic. It has to come through Steam for yeah. it to be bought. It's like, it's like, oh, it's like a, it's like a, like in my opinion, it's not like a, it doesn't affect me completely. Um, and so I, apart from the music really, and maybe some of the visuals, well, a lot of the visuals, it doesn't really do a lot for me. So it's like not like a particularly affecting piece of art for me, but outside of my opinion of it, it is that. And uh, I don't know. It just, it's really strange that video games have managed to be that without actually, but still maintaining such a huge audience. Um, and the thing is, though, as well, art, I mean, you talk about, you talk about art, but it's also, it comes from two places because often art, you know, expression of whatever you want to express in whatever means, however, mm -hmm. which way. Mm -hmm. uh, video games are obviously also very bound to a form of entertainment. Yeah. Um, and I would say more so than sort of film, which is, of course, has that balance between entertainment and art and, you know, pretty much everything. But it's, just, I guess it's just, I find it interesting that, um, to from my perspective, it seems way easier to point out games that I would consider like experimental and weird over movies that I would consider experimental and weird. And I would say that's purely because we're so much more involved in the gaming. We know so much more about games and films, though. Maybe. I bet if you, you know, if you're a film buff, yeah. you wouldn't be talking about Dear Esther. You'd be talking about Dish Mester. <sighs> Dish Mester, the that film movie. by, yeah. you know, Dutch filmmakers. Ah. Yeah, Van I guess Hoek. so. It just, it doesn't, it feels like it's, it's a, you have to go through a lot less shit in video games to find something like Dear Esther, whereas in film, there is just so much. And it's like, a lot of it's impenetrable, whereas Dear Esther is just kind of there as like, I don't know how many people have played Dear Esther, but it's like a huge amount it's, of people. Yeah, I mean, it's insane. It and, must be. But like, it, it wouldn't have been able to if it was much longer. You sure. Know, no one would have bought it if it was a, 10 hour 12 hour experience no i mean and and there doesn't need to be like it doesn't want no to be exactly awful. exactly but you know there's certain things that make it digestible and make it appeal to a gaming audience mm -hmm. that are used to more dynamic you know quote unquote mm -hmm. enjoyable experiences mm -hmm. and you know different people like different things but mm -hmm. um you know in general it's not the norm so yeah, and it's not, it's it's a tough discussion to have without going into, like, the Generals, boring stuff the of, like, what is art, and, like, are games art, because, like, obviously, whatever, yeah. obviously that answer is clear, but, like, it's tough not to, like, fall into that trap. Um, and it's, it's so done. Yeah, it's you know, so it's, done. It's literally what every article was about when this mm -hmm. game came out. Yeah, and I think, I just think, it, I think, mm, what do I think? I said that I think a lot, so now I need to think. Have a think, dude. Let me think about this. I was thinking about it for almost the entirety of the, <laughs> the performance. <laughs> it's just, it's just, it's just funny how um, it seems so much easier to get to these kind of experiences, and they're still considered to just be part of the gaming landscape in a very general, mainstream way. 
Whereas I feel like in other forms, that stuff is way harder to find. Mm, I would disagree. Yeah. I would say it's one of the ones that managed to break through. And I think there's a lot of examples of, for example, uh, film that do that, that aren't so conventional mm-hmm. and maybe just the odd one breaks through. Mm. Uh, and I feel like this is just an equivalent version of that. So, um, I'm trying to think of an example now. I mean, let's just go, mm, let's just use like as a bad example, La La Land. Okay. Of like a musical that broke through into sort of mainstream. Right. Um, cinema time. Mm-hmm. It's that sort of thing. Okay. And I mean, that's much more based in tradition with like a musical and theatre, but you know, it's not the sort of convention that people would consider going to see at a cinema right. normally. Right. And I reckon this is just a more extreme version of that that just broke through. And mm. there are a few versions of that sort of thing. Mm. I mean, there are a lot of games where you don't do anything. Sure. But that's not, I guess that's not, I'm not really talking about like what it does and doesn't do. I guess it's just more, it just, it just seems like a weird thing. You know, it just seems like a weird thing that not everyone's going to connect with. But still, like, it was just an audience filled with like a bunch of middle-aged oh the audience was weird i feel that was i was that's one of the things i was most excited about going into it yeah seeing the crowd yeah uh-huh um yeah all sorts i said a couple of times that it not what i was expecting like, it just seemed like a bunch of people from brighton to me sure um just a lot of like middle-class white people middle-aged middle-class white people just in a room Sort of like just being like, yeah. Down to see some theatre. Yeah, it's like, oh, we'll, we'll check this weird thing out. Could be interesting. Yeah. Get an insight. They got, they got back in the, the, you know, their four-door saloons and had a little chat on the way home. They went to bed. Yeah, I mean, yeah. power to them. Yeah. Uh, one thing I did think was a bit lame was there was a live Q&A afterwards in a different smaller room. Yes. And they only let in a certain amount of people. Yeah, I guess they just weren't expecting kind of everyone to go or something. I don't know. Why wouldn't you? Like, it's part of the buy-in. Well, I think it's it's weird that, like, it's on the ticket, you paid for it, and they didn't let everyone in. That seems strange. Yeah. We got uh, in, consi- con- We got in, and we got seats, but considering there was, like, a decent space at the back. It was quite interesting. Just let some people stand. Yeah, this is a strange choice. There I don't know, that may be a bit uncomfortable. There must be some fire There must be stuff. something, but still, come yeah. on. Yeah. We learned some interesting factoids. Yeah. So we asked a couple of questions. We did, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we were nerds. Wow. Hey, it's all good. Yeah. It's an interesting way to see a game. They talked about how they had to build a new version of the game to accommodate uh, an on-stage performance without like the music backing it. Yeah. And without the readings, but still with sound effects and how they had certain trigger points. Yeah. So I understood what she meant by like the trigger point stuff. So um, she was saying how. Um, the orchestra, obviously, because games, the uh, the game player won't do it exactly the same every time. So, the the performers need to sort of need have cues. like clear cues as to when to start playing music. Um, so I guess so. Like yeah, in the game itself, they would have put like invisible lines that the player would walk through, and then that would trigger. But is that does that is she saying that like they had like earpieces in that would. Um, play like play, play I, I, I don't know one, why I just assumed two. like it would light up a little light or something <laughs> <laughs> I think there were screens at the front of the stage as well right, sure. so I think maybe that triggered uh, 
maybe like a countdown? Yeah, I guess I just don't understand why, like, surely you can just, uh, surely they could just watch it in front of them and then they'd be like, oh, he's there. You'd need like a conductor maybe to lead them in though, to lead it. Well, the pianist was the conductor. Yeah, dude, I have no, I was watching that guy was, as you do in one of these things. <laughs> yeah. I just got no fucking clue how what that he's works. Doing. Yeah. No, neither do I. Because it's not, it's not in time to the music. Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't to like the beat to the beat of four. Hundred percent, hundred percent was. I don't think it was. <laughs> I was watching him, and he was like, <laughs> and I don't. Maybe maybe the ups and downs. Well, aren't the point that he's trying to hit? Maybe it's like the midpoint. So something to bear in mind: the music's very slow and like legato. So like, like all the notes are really long. So you probably couldn't get a sense of the rhythm there easily. <laughs> no, I couldn't. I really couldn't hear it at all. So I think a lot of the time he was doing like 2-4 from what I could see. I wasn't really, and I might be talking my ass, but like it seemed that's what he was doing, which probably isn't slow, I guess. <laughs> I, got, I, got, I got no idea. I don't know. I don't know anything about but I was, I was, But I was watching him and I was just like, <laughs> what are they getting from this? Right. Who's he, who's he waving at? Yeah. And how are they interpreting this, this dummy? Sure. This dummy man who's... Yeah, conducting's a whole other art form that I have no idea about. Interesting, though, to watch. Yeah. Live play a very smooth camera. Yes. On the screen. It was like watching an E3 demo. <laughs> yes, it was. Yes, it was. I um, I always had this idea... This is a really lame thing. But I've okay. always had this I'm looking like forward to it. idea... Shoot. Video game Let's Plays yes. on the internet. Yes. Um, I've watched a few in my time. Um, I've also... I've probably watched more no commentary Let's Plays really? than commentary ones. Interesting. Um, I think the first one I ever watched was for the original Dead Space. I watched the whole thing with no commentary. Couldn't, which couldn't play it yourself. No, too, too scary for me. <laughs> so I just watched someone play it and I loved it. That was the first time I like watched. I just loved how much how much like content there was, you know? Like, oh my <laughs> yeah. God. There's like 20, 20 like 30 minute episodes to get through. This is amazing. Um, anyway... And I enjoyed that, but something I always felt is that when I play games, I tend to like act quite a lot with the character or the camera that I'm controlling. Okay. So I tend to like, it sounds really dorky, but I tend to like do like little performances. Little RP. So I, so I like walk a lot. We talked about this before. Yeah. I walk a lot in games as an example. Um, and I always like the idea of doing, uh, having a YouTube show. Someone can steal this if they want, because I'm never going to do it. A YouTube channel. Where you do like instead of doing it's gonna be instead of doing, <laughs> instead of doing, I'm gonna do it. I haven't found the right name yet, but instead of doing like speed runs, you do like slow runs. So like, <laughs> so you play it like the character would. So you yeah. role play the way the character would move through the universe. Sure. Um, and obviously, there's no commentary. No commentary. No commentary. Okay. Um, and then you'd have to like you'd have to learn the game. It would take quite a lot of skill because you'd have to learn the game. You'd have to edit it really well so that it's all seamless. Um, and you can't like die and stuff, right? It'd be tough. So screw stuff up. So, like, it would be easier for games like Dear Esther and um, an interesting Gone Home and stuff. But, like, personally, that's the stuff, that's, those are the kind of Let's Plays I would watch on YouTube if they existed. It's, like, nice, attractive. Um, they were saying in the Q&A about the, I think the guy's name was Thomas, the guy that was playing on stage, about how, like, it takes actually a lot of work for him to get it that smooth and for everything to be, like, rightly, correctly timed and stuff. You'd have to practice it yeah, a lot. and how, sure. like, he... Actually, the thing he's more focused on is like, sort of almost cinematography, which is actually really, yeah, like a really cool. You have to be. Yeah, like like he's he's you can see, and that was something I really enjoyed actually about it was 
seeing what the developer thought was interesting to show in their video game. Yeah, I, I agree, because there was a lot of stuff that I thought they brushed over, which I was like, I would have liked to have seen that, especially the text on the wall. Right. Um, because it's in a game where you're provided with so little yeah, yeah. that when you see that there is written, because it's sort of at the start, there's symbols and imagery on the wall, uh, on the walls, mm -hmm. uh, and as it goes on, you start to get bits of actual readable text, mm -hmm. and you just sort of whoosh, straight past them, and you're like, oh. Some of it's hard to read. Let me see what wobbled. it says. Yeah, wobbled sure, but somewhere. there was um, one part where he was walking past, and the first word was, I think it was, uh, like, <clears throat> come or something, like, mm -hmm. come, and then, but then there was, like, the second word, uh, and you just, like, zip past it, and never had, like, a good angle, and you're like, where? Go where? Yeah. What do you want? Um, so I was like, I would have liked to have sort of, and in a playthrough like that, you would definitely read the text. Sure. Yeah, there's not a lot else going on. No. I um. I was hoping the second time, it being many years, that I would find it easier to understand what he was saying. I remember specifically playing through it the first time and just finding it really hard to like focus on the words that he's saying and like understand sentence to sentence what he's trying to get at. Mm. Which is something I get like a lot of the time with lots of things. Um, books I've read, like I'll just hold like passages like sort of brush over me because I have, I just have a trouble with, Zone out. yeah, I just have trouble with like flowery is a really offensive way of describing that. But like, I guess just like very poetic ways of writing i find that quite a barrier personally and i like i like writing to be quite direct um and like just like str like i struggle when like you start layering and um, like if it's a metaphor and then another metaphor and then another metaphor in a row my brain gets completely lost as to what you're trying to say yeah um and i was hoping that like it had been years and that maybe my brain <laughs> had slightly <laughs> developed, developed in some way a little bit yeah, more <laughs> there was some level of maturity um poetic maturity <laughs> um and unfortunately, I think probably a little bit more of it sunk in. I was probably just better at focusing, really. And also, they talked about how they had handpicked those quotes so that it did make a bit more sense for the audience. Yeah. Um, so but I also think it not was too intended. much sense. They, they, like, they, they were talking about how um, they could have like, laid it out so like, it was a lot, a lot clearer, like exactly the narrative. But they wanted to leave some space for interpretation, so they... Um, specifically chose passages that were maybe slightly more um, yeah. translucent. Yeah, and along with that, like, the whole game, you know, you say you don't actually do much. Dear Asta, today, today, I, I, um, <laughs> dear Asta. He was really, I feel like he was way angrier than he was. I, I simply couldn't tell you if I wanted to. That man seems... I played that game so long ago. He seemed just, like, incredibly furious. He oh, there's a lady singing as well. He paint like I feel like okay. I came away from this playthrough of the game disliking that character a lot more than the first time I played it. He seemed particularly unlikable. He, he way. seemed very uh, what's the word when you hold the emotions like against someone. He was very bitter. He he was bitter and self indulgent and it wasn't like a sad. It wasn't like a um, sadness on. It was like a bitter, angry sadness. You know what I think it was for me is that he comes across as like quite a victim. Yeah. You know, is that he sees himself as quite a victim. Absolutely. Which is, uh, is probably intentional, and, but like, yeah. And so that, I guess that's a quality to the writing, but like it just, he's just like, I, 
particularly unlikable person, which is an interesting thing to play as in first person, to play someone who's, like, unlikable. Yeah, and, and also, you know... It's, and just it, talks it's, like it's, a... it's a game where not much happens. <laughs> and this, the, when the narrative is also so hard to grasp a lot of the time, mm-hmm. not only are you left with not much in the forefront for you to do, mm. but then, like, not much you can sort of easily follow mm-hmm. narrative-wise. So as much as you don't do much, it's also quite hard to follow along with what there is. Yeah. So it'd be different if it was sort of going through a dynamic world and you were walking through, however, there was a lot of action around you and like a very clear narrative was painted alongside you, which I think I probably would have maybe enjoyed more Mm. because it'd be easier to sort of take in, whereas those big sort of heady ideas are maybe, I would say, better drawn out over a long period of time. Mm. And you can sort of dissect it yourself Mm. through enjoyable gameplay (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's interesting because um it has like three very distinct parts to it well i suppose four four very distinct parts so you've got um the environment you've got the music you've got the narrator and you've got the gameplay and and i think in a lot of ways all those things feel a little separate to me and I think that makes it for me very hard to focus on what he's saying because at each moment I'm like tuning into one of those four elements. Mm. And like, so I was watching, I was Not watching the gameplay though. The gameplay is sort of, they're just passive. pressing forwards. Yeah. But like, um, so I, I was watching, well, I watched like five minutes of this let's play of this game the other day. And there were two people talking over it. There was gameplay. And then the person editing it had decided to put up like, walls of text as like jokes and like i it was it stressed me the fuck out because i just like i could not watch this game hear people talk and read at the same time this is like no i'm out so i just stopped it (laughs) get me out of here i was like i can't do this i straight up can't do this um and it didn't stress me out with dear esther or anything but i think that did lead to me just like he's like talking he's throwing out his metaphors and similes one after another and then like, I'm like, oh, but the music. And then I'm st- I start thinking about my own thing and, and I get very lost. And so, like, especially there's a period in the middle where he's just, like, in yeah, caves for way too long. And um, <laughs> and I and I just... I, I like the caves, actually. They were pretty. I think the caves... They were very are, pretty. Yeah. Um, but I, like, for that whole section, I was, like, absent. I was, like... You were gone. I was thinking about anything and it, I mean, it, it's <laughs> It's so tricky as well because, like... The game in itself isn't hugely engaging. Mm-hmm. And when you're not behind the controls, mm-hmm. it's even more uh, disengaged. Sure. Because, you know, it's, and even an extra step so once you, if you've played the game before. Because mm-hmm. at least if you haven't played the game, you, you see an end goal. You go, there's a tower. Mm-hmm. I see a blinking light in the distance. I'm slowly getting closer. Yeah. What's going to be at the end? Yeah. And let's hear this story play out. Yeah. Uh, but when you're just sitting there, like it's a cool experience. But you're hot, you're kind of sleepy, mm-hmm. looking around, you start looking over at the musicians. Yeah, that's also like true. Thinking you've got it. like, you've got all the musicians, the narrator and the guy playing the game right below the TV screen. You're sort of and flickering you're just between like, all the boys and the girls. I said to you before, my the best moment was like right at the climax. Um, the narrator like stands up to speak and then he sits back down again. And so right, right before like the climactic moment, he sits down because he doesn't have anything to say and he blows his nose. Not like into a microphone, but that was just like, <laughs> that was just like excellent. I just watched him like clean out his nose at this like, at like this like crucial point. <laughs> yeah. He's like, oh, I better clean this out before I, before I finish off this masterpiece. Yeah. Before I sign <laughs> off. That's good. I like that a lot. 
My favourite moment. It was a, it was a lovely moment, Louis. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tell me about it. Tell me all about it on this podcast. So the seats we were in, there was what, what was it? A soundboard, a lightboard. You can call it a soundboard if you like. The mixing desk. Yeah, some sort of mixing desk in front of us, and um, you knew we had cheap seats. We had we had we paid ten pounds for these seats yep, each. Very good. That was because it was under twenty six. As in we were. Yes, they were under twenty six seats. And we are under 26. Oh, they're ex- exclusively for people. No way were the people behind us. No, 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 no. No, you can pay for them full price. Oh. Or you or can pay for them as under 26-year-olds. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, but they weren't the cheaper seats. Anyway, I've, there was this, like, mixing board in front of us. <laughs> and at the start, there were you walk down this path, and in the distance, there's a tower. Uh, and you can't see it. It's fogged out. Foggy. But there's just a flashing red light. And on the guy's mixing board, there were two flashing red lights. Oh, really? Oh, that was good. You like that? Yeah. Um, and that was probably like the best bit for me. Yeah. It was weird seeing the loading screens. Yeah. That was kind of surreal. Um, yeah. I liked it. Yeah, I think good idea. Yeah. Keep them in. You know, it gets a little laugh the first time, and then the second time, people sort of. I forgot that there were loading screens. Just like it, just like seemed like such a game that's like. No way would there be loading screens in that game. Yeah, I mean, quite big areas, even mm. though you don't sort of go through them that quick. But, um, yeah, loading screens. It's a video game. It's a live playthrough, not something that's done very often. I think it's... It's a cool idea. Uh, here's the thing, Lily. What's your opinion of uh, taking video games and sort of pushing this sort of serious nature? This sort of... This take, agenda. <laughs> this take, taking video games... And sort of <laughs> presenting them very seriously. You know what I mean? No. I don't. So, you know, doing a live orchestra playthrough of a video game. Mm-hmm. That's taking it and sort of respecting it, putting it on a pedestal as a piece of performance slash artwork rather than a sort of store-bought experience. You know? So it's it's taking that... It's taking a video game, something very often seen as pastime, not worthwhile, mm-hmm. that sort of thing. You know, something you do when you're younger, sort of grow out of, waste mm-hmm. of time, you know, but fun, engaging, and then sort of taking it to a more serious place where it sort of should be. And that whole sort of like <laughs> video game awards where they dress up in suits. and Well, I, cause I think that's a difficult balance, trying to find, trying to make it something it's not and trying to force it into a place where it's sort of almost becomes uncomfortable and... Like experiencing it in a different sort of. But Dear Esther never was that. Dear Esther was never a game that was something you played. It's still as a, kid. a video game, though. No, I know, but it's still a video game, and just in larger picture. But that's. But I guess. But Esther. you saying it's still a video game? That's quite like. I mean, it's loading screens. Sure, but. Uh, but no, but removed from Dear Esther. Okay. Just this idea of taking video games and trying to. Um, place a more serious overtone onto the entire thing through things like award ceremonies where they wear suits and, you know, present it like that and do live orchestra playthroughs. I think, um, I think if I understand what you're saying, I think that treating video games as like an art form and giving them, like, the respect is a nice thing, though I think the way it's done often is quite contrived. You talk about, like, the video game awards. 
um, that we did a, like a ending bit of at the end of a episode a couple of weeks ago, a month ago, two months ago, I don't know now. Um, uh, you'll notice when you listen to that that we did not mention a single word about the awards part of that ceremony and just talked about the trailers. Yeah, which I think like which a is a super good idea for them just to sort of... Which, like, um, I'm not... I, I enjoy that commercialization. I enjoy video game trailers. I'm not going to pretend that I don't, but I think that, like, the fact that you need to do that shows that, like, people don't actually really care or want yeah, that at that's, this point. that's what I think. Um it's it's a I think it's a tricky balance between but, uh, but I mean, and I mean, me personally um I don't really care about like awards in general like I don't care about the Oscars you know so that doesn't for for me that's where I come from it as um but I think for people with it in like movies and stuff it's there's like just it's just got a lot of history the Oscars yeah. been going for a long time yeah so that stuff takes a while um I think like saying things are like just video games is like a risky business. And like quite derogatory because I like, think just video games is like that. That doesn't mean much to me. As like I don't know what that means. Just video games. Sure. Um, I don't think. Uh, I mean, it's just you know, it's just all the same. It's all the same stuff. Yeah. Just think like as I said earlier, like you take the the game word out of it, um, and uh, you just talk about it as like an interactive work of fiction. And then, like, there's just, like, all the bullshit melts away of, like, win or lose, you know, all that stuff. Yeah, and I'm, I'm in no way trying to suggest that video games are, you know, a lesser form of work. Obviously, mm-hmm. I'm the opposite. I'm very pro video games and what they, what you can do with them and how, you know, you can create them and uh-huh. the stories you can tell through them and how open a form it is. Um, I, just, I just find it almost uncomfortable trying how some people... And not in a bad way, I just find it doesn't come natural, maybe just because it's mm. not what you're no. naturally exposed to. Uh, but the sort of trying, taking something that's, it, it's just, you know, it, it's like taking something that's very much rooted in one culture and taking it over to sure. another, no, I, which, like, which I'm 100% for Yeah. in the fact that, like, do what you want with whatever culture. But um, No, I, what, you're, what you're saying is, like, that makes sense, as in, it, it is kind of weird, creepy, and, like, it's maybe a little disheartening that, like, the video game industry feels like it has to appropriate yeah. um, stuff that other mediums do. Yeah, that's more what I'm getting at. Um, I think that's, like, fair enough, and I agree. Um, like, I think stuff like, even little things like, so The Last of Us did Last of Us Live, where they did the cutscenes. They got the actors to oh, do the really? cutscenes live on stage. And, like, that's kind of cool. You get to celebrate some of their work. And like there was like live orchestra stuff going on with that as well. Like, that's kind of cute. But yeah, the I same, what the actual acting was like as but well. But at the same time, like it's like well, <laughs> you know that's that's not what I'm. Yeah, that's not what or I'm even, here for. That's not even, why I bought yeah. that game. Or even like um, on the Last of Us again, the uh, the PS4 version of it is called PS4 Remastered, and Remastered is specifically a term that comes from. Um, music and film, you know, like that word is not something that is typically applied to video games, and it feels like it feels like it, the Last of Us so specifically tough, is marketed it? it's as such a like way a new industry in comparison like, to all these things. Like, yeah, so like there's, there's stuff like that where it's like, why do you do you have to do that? Like, I get that, like, but I guess when you're treating it like we're as good as movies, is like that's when it gets really lame. Yeah, when you start talking about it like that. Yeah, like that's like that feels quite childish. That feels like 
the stuff that I was hung up upon when I was 16. And, 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 and you, can't, you can't expect it to be... Complete waste of time. You can't expect it at all to be, uh, you know, considered with the same sort of approach as all these things in their current form because they've been around for so much longer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, music, obviously, since the dawn of time and movies for the last, what, mm, when did movies start coming around? Mm, 1910s, 1920s? I'd say mi- early 1900s, I'd say. Uh-huh. Um, so, you know, hundreds of years almost. And video games sort of 50. Not even. Not even. Not like they are, yeah. No, definitely not in the form they're in now. They're still there, young boys. Yeah, boy. Young little ones. But there we go, we managed to do it. We managed to talk about video games. Yeah. And <laughs> All right, I don't art. know if it was any good. <laughs> we managed to get to the discussion hey, we said we were never going to do. If you got here, fair play. Video games, art? Question mark. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it just, I think um, with all that stuff, it just... At least from <laughs> that cheese twist. <laughs> Let's change the conversation. My experience is that it seems to always come from a place of insecurity. Um, yeah. Um, because that's, that's that was my experience it. of it when I was like into video games and a teen and no one else seemed to be. It was like, I feel insecure about this. I need to find a way to define it where it's like as good as everything else or better. Yeah. Um, and I think hopefully I've stopped doing that. Um, so when you see that stuff like widespread in the mainstream the video game awards is maybe an example um it's like a little sad yeah yeah i mean and and i don't again don't think it's a bad thing i think it's um but i don't think that's what this was i, I, I don't just, think the I, I just don't, was that no i, I mean it, it i mean it had hints of that i think sure um i think the chinese rooms games have hints of that anyway but i yeah like you yes. said i think the game itself is very open to that like in the form of uh it's very much purely cinematic and, you know, you can break it down into these parts, like you are saying, which is very easy to recreate. Yeah. All that. And in your question, you sort of talked about player experience. Oh, um, the question I asked at the QA? Yeah. Yeah. I asked which the question at the QA. Which is sort of the only thing that... Uh, I, asked, I, they, I bet you they've had that question so many times. Maybe. Um, I asked uh, this QA if, like, what consideration they took to the fact that... Um, the audience isn't playing the game anymore and there isn't any like creative input or expression which is quite a boring question but also something that like i just wanted to know they i like i, I knew that they had thought about it because how do you not think about that but like i was just curious and their response was well we 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 consider the game player um a performer like the rest of the performers on stage like the musicians which um is i guess the answer i would go with too yeah and, and it makes a lot of sense like you're it, using it, is... it as a tool to create a feeling yeah it's it's that whole thing of play games how you'd like mm-hmm. you know they talk about how uh they're emphasizing how much skill it took for him to practice his roots yeah and know the timings and how to present it which you know like you mentioned it's like the exact same as speed running yeah so but he, just a he, different skill he was acting much like i would be if i made those let's plays yeah yeah then i asked a question i liked your question about a ladder i was curious and yeah, you kind of got the answer. Kind of. I think it wasn't quite <laughs> understood. Um, so at the end of the game, you, you spend what is upwards of, you know, an hour to an hour and a half. It's very gradually forced walking through this environment. And then you get to the final moment of this tower, which you climb. And this aerial tower. This aerial tower, you approach it from the ground, and then it puts you into a cutscene. And at the top of the tower, spoiler, you jump. 
spoilers. Um, and it's this He's very, it's this yeah. very big build up, and then as soon as you get to the ladder, it like fades you in and out three times up the point of the ladder, yeah, and so just you, kills all tension. So you like get to the ladder, and then um, fades to black. It fades to black as you start climbing it. It fades back in halfway up the ladder, fades out again, then it fades, fades back, back in, in when you get to the top of the ladder and jump off. Yes. Um, and my question was like, what are the design decisions behind? Uh, far, pretty much fast-forwarding through the ladder climb. Yeah. Uh, and I, th- I think the question was slightly misunderstood, misinterpreted, uh, which is fine. But, but he, um, he, yeah, yeah, he did he, kind of. He is kind of like design limit. Uh, what did he say? He said um, the game, so the game was originally built in the Source engine, which is Valve's engine. Yeah. Um, and the ladders in uh, the term he used was not. Could be a bit sticky. Yeah. They could be actually. They are point. like that's. Yeah. It was you funny when you said them, that. You? Like I, yeah, you're, and then, and you, then you go up and down very quickly. <laughs> <laughs> like when you, yeah. Um, but just give me a cutscene. So he said instead that's the only cutscene in the entire game. Yeah. Uh, but just play me like a but thirty second cutscene of him climbing the ladder slowly. So it's it kind of makes sense then. What? Okay, yes, that answers the question of why you'd remove the player's control. So yes. you don't have to risk them falling off the ladder. But it doesn't remove. It doesn't explain why you faded out and faded in several times over the course of climbing the ladder. Yeah. Because as you said earlier, that like that's the like best it's moment. a climactic moment. It's the final. Um, you're constantly in. He's constantly in the game talking about rising and like, and ascending. He uses the word ascend a lot. Um, and this is, uh, you're literally climbing a ladder to the top of something and it fades out and appears you at the top of the ladder instead for some reason. Nothing builds hype like a good ladder climb in a game. That's true. MGS3. Yeah, man. That long, long ladder. Yeah, man. That's hype. That's hype. It's also, it's hype, but it leads to, the thing that makes it really special is that you get up the ladder and then there's nothing particularly of interest up there. (laughs) That's, that's the value (laughs) of Well, I mean, you know, there is, the fact that there's nothing is something. Yeah. It's just like, this is a long ladder. We should put some music on. <laughs> but it, it's, you know, it's those great moments where nothing's happening and it gives you a chance to look around, especially in that case when it's first person, you've got a beautiful view in front of you. I would, I would, sorry, tangent. I would love to know, like, the, like, decisions that led to that long ladder in MGS3. I, 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 I bet he was just like, it'd be funny. I re- no, I reckon, right? So the level designer made the ladder a little too long. <laughs> and then Kojima's like put some music on that and then it's like this music's a little long <laughs> Kojima, so like, there's no way we can fit snakey doing this like <laughs> just make a ladder a little longer <laughs> and then the ladder just gets like intensely tall but the music doesn't even play continuously no you climb and it's like you're, you're, da, da, da. you climb for about 20 seconds and then she goes what a thrill and then <laughs> and then uh, and then she, yeah she acapellas it for a bit Anyway, <laughs> what a tree frogs, dear Esther, dear Esther, that was time played three char. Hey, good shit, man. Good shit. That's a long app, I think, for a Jeez. for a bonus app. Oh, ha- I wanted that to be like twenty minutes. We haven't. Um, I wanted that to be in and out. Because um, if you can't tell, we are still. Um, Recording off the same mic in my flat. Um, next week's episode will also be that. So you've got three episodes. So you got you got us. one tomorrow. One this is live, then one that's tomorrow as no, scheduled. No, 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 no. Yeah, this, yeah, yeah, no, yeah, no, yeah, no, yeah, no, 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 no. Because this is coming after that. No, no, it's no, not. it is because Why? in that episode we specifically say at the end 
you specifically say there may be a bonus out. Oh, shit. You're right. Okay, so <laughs> so you get one on Sunday. This one's on, like, Monday. Uh, maybe they go up at the same mid-week. time. midweek. Maybe, yeah. We'll just put them at the same time and you can choose. Okay. And yeah, then... I'll be um, interested to see if, like, people listen to it if there's two at the same time. Probably not. Probably not. I reckon it's probably a bad out. idea. I reckon maybe Sunday, Wednesday. What a thrill. And then another one on Sunday next week. Mm, that's good tree frog. That is good tree frog. Mm-hmm. I want to play MGS3 now. Yeah, do it. Let's do it. I've got the HD collection over there. But I, don't, do that. I don't have a PlayStation 3 with me. So. Okay, well. What a thrill. You've got your Vita. Um, so, uh... I do, actually. <laughs> I could play it. I could do that right now. Anyway, I know. Um, it would take a forever to charge. Uh, that was... A bonus app. <laughs> sorry. Might have been I'm, a really I'm long so one. I don't sorry. know the time. Um, that was Dear Esther Live. Um, next week. Uh, if you were to describe that as oh, a dish. We missed that for Nero. Oh, tomatoes. shit. All right, scrap that. <laughs> that idea is dead. No, it's not. We'll come back for it. <laughs> um, I would describe Dear Esther. No, the I meal think we got to finish this. As a um, buttered bagel. Which is my favorite food. So, Dear Esther is my favorite video game now. Come on, dude. What, you're going to take that little describe as a dish thing and you know make a mockery of it. You know what I don't I would, want that. No, no, you know what I would describe it as? Is, is like a piece of toast. <laughs> wow. <laughs> okay, wow. Like, it's just like not quite enough butter on it. You just want a little bit more flavor. Covered in metaphors. Yeah. It's like a, but it's like a homemade butter. That sounds good. Like an olive oily butter? No, just like a homemade butter that you can't really tell with a weird mystery ingredient in it. Like it's... an olive. Sure. But you don't you can't tell it's olive. I don't like olives. I like olive oil though. What's that about? Hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. We need to end this. Um, thank you for listening. Um, we will talk to you next See week. See you next Sunday. <laughs> you can't say see you next Sunday if it's not Sunday. Jeez, it will be though. No, I mean, but this isn't going out on a Sunday. No, I know, but next Sunday is when the next one's coming. <laughs> yeah. Dear Esther. <laughs> Bye. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.